But today we're going to continue to talk about missions. And this is kind of a, an abbreviated message. I know the time is thin. It's Father's Day today. We want to make sure that all of you have a chance to spend time as a family. So dads, again, happy Father's Day. And uh, whatever it is you're doing, maybe you're going to be out golfing. Uh, if, I, if you do, I encourage you to bring an extra pair of socks in case you get a hole-in-one. Um, if you're, you're fishing, just remember they're very smart because they do swim in schools. And, uh, you know, just think about Father's Day itself on the calendar. You never know how long you're going to have it uh, as you see it on there. The, the days are numbered on the calendar, so... But now, Father's Day, Dad's jokes, it's all fun, but really, truly, we pray for you and for wisdom and discernment as you be a dad and, uh, and uh, just invest into your kids. But today's message is not really about Father's Day, it's about missions. And I, I, I really had a wide open uh, uh, look at, this, at the message today because it's Father's Day, we have many missionaries coming, and we're in between series right now. But, you know, just today alone, uh, if you're in Sunday school, you heard from John Mayer, and it's, it's fascinating as he looks at the demographics and the data to see how we can reach the people around us. We heard from Andy and uh, the EMI uh, mission and what they're doing around the world. We prayed for the, the missions trip for the youth group. And we have a, a book, if you haven't picked this up, of many different missionaries that we support uh, that have a wide uh, variety of ways that they reach the world. And, and everything looks really different on the surface, but at its heart... Missions is always the same, and that's what we're going to be talking about today briefly, is the heart of missions out of 2 Corinthians 5, uh, verses 16 through 21. And this isn't a typical missions uh, verse, normally you'd think of Matthew 28, the Great Commissioner, Acts 1-8, as we become the uh, witnesses of Christ in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. But this explains, the Apostle Paul explains to the church of Corinth really the heart of why he's working with them and many of the churches. And in short, it's to bring them into the right relationship with God through Jesus, that they would be reconciled through him, and that Paul is a part of that ministry, that all Christians who are a Christian are a part of that ministry of missions. And so if you haven't opened there uh, yet, please do so now. I'm just going to pray briefly before uh, we start the message today. So God, we thank you for these reports today and, and for how you're working around the world. And sometimes it's just so creative. It's amazing to see how you put all the puzzle pieces together as we work to uh, reach the world for you and your name. So I just pray today as we look at the heart of missions, God, that you would speak to us and remind us what holds us all together, what we work uh, for uh, commonly. So I just pray this now. In your name, Jesus, that you speak through us, speak to us uh, through your Holy Spirit. In your name, amen. Let's read together, verse 16 through 21. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, though we once regarded Christ in this way. We do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message 
of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Now, there's many things to unpack here, but we're going to take a real uh, high-level approach at at what we're told about the heart of missions. And the first is really the perspective of missions. We see that in verse 6, that from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. And this is a crucial component to missions, is to, to really see the world different, to see people different, and to see Jesus different. And there's a clear transformation of perspective here. What was once valuable to us is valuable no longer. What we once used as a filter to see people is now no longer how we see them. And we see that from now on, what this means is, from now on, after you have Jesus in your life, you see people differently, different from the world or the flesh. You see them as God sees them. In other words, we don't look at the external or the superficial, but really we're looking at the heart because we know that's what God sees. See, the worldly view is to look at the outward appearance of people, to differentiate, to classify, to rank people. In our minds, we can look at people and say, some are good, some are bad. Some have it better, some have it worse. And there's many ways we do that through uh, their social or economic status, the way they dress and talk and what kind of car they drive or the influence they have, the education they have. It could be their citizenship or race or age or gender, whatever it might be. There are endless ways we can look at people through a worldly or a fleshly lens. But what we're told is that when you have a missions perspective, when you're in Christ, now you see people the way God sees them. For we know that the Lord does not see as man sees. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. And it also means seeing Jesus differently as well. That we don't look at him through a worldly lens. That Jesus was not just a good person or a good example or a, a good teacher that might be beneficial in your life but that Jesus himself is all that really matters. So in other words, what we read is that missions, the perspective of missions, is viewing people through the lens of their spiritual needs. What that tells us is that there's one of two things true for every person in the world. Either they have Jesus or they don't. And the perspective of missions is seeing people through that lens. And for us, we might just look down the road eastward five to ten miles and see a lot of big houses. We understand that they probably have big bank accounts and, and nice cars. And we might tell ourselves, what, would, what in the world do we have to offer them that they don't already have? Well, it's something that's not in the world. And they may be rich in worldly terms, but if they don't have Jesus, they are spiritually bankrupt. 
So missions is knowing that if you are in Christ, you have something that many people do not have that they absolutely need. And that's where we break down all of the external and the superficial things. It doesn't matter where they are. It doesn't matter what kind of comforts they have or do not have in this life. And whether they are a neighbor across your street or a stranger across the world, if they don't have Jesus, they need him. We look at people differently, and that's core to our vision as a church that we connect with God connect with others, and connect others with God. Those who do not have Jesus need him, and it's reflected in our missions program. It's reflected in our youth and our children's programs where just in the last year, a couple of students have come to Christ. VBS is a part of our missions outreach, knowing that there's many kids who do not have Jesus in our community, and we have the opportunity to share him. But the important part to note is that if you are a Christian today, it's because missions worked. That someone saw your spiritual needs, they shared Jesus with you, and now you have him in your life. And everything has changed. It's the fundamental step to understanding the perspective of missions is change the way you look at people because you've changed the way you've looked at Jesus. And it moves us into the promise of missions that we read today, a a wonderful verse that if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. Now, there's something built into all of us, I believe, that we just love a good transformation story. We love to see the before and after pictures of a home remodel or the person that really turned their life around like Teen Challenge last week or the movie or the story where the the bad guy becomes the good guy. It's built into all of us. But it's actually a key part of our Christian doctrine. Theologically, we call it regeneration. What it essentially means is that we are made completely new in Jesus. That Jesus does not just give us a new outlook on life or a new direction. It's not turning over a new leaf, but it's becoming a new person. That we're made alive in Christ after we were once dead in our sins. And the promise of missions is that anyone who is in Christ can experience this regeneration. Now, Through the earthly, the worldly lens, we can say that some are better than others. But in sin, we're all the same. That if you have sin in your life, you are working toward eternal separation from God. But through Jesus, we are given life. At some point in every Christian's life, this needs to happen. The new creation needs to come. And we're reborn in Jesus. Now, missions is holding on to that promise that any person can be made new in Christ. No conditions, no restrictions, no exceptions. It doesn't matter where they are in the world or how how deep they are, uh, steeped into some false religion. Anyone can be made new, even the people who don't, quote, fit our mold. And so there's this burden and there's this passion to share Jesus with the world. 
And that's the what of the promise, but how is kind of spelled out in verses 18 and 19. That all this is from God who reconciled himself, reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against him. And the first, most crucial part of this are those, those first four words of verse 18. That all this is from God. Every detail, every dimension of salvation is a result of divine grace that God has given to us, that he's gifted to us. But we see here this word repeated five times in these three verses, reconciliation. What does that mean? Well, it means most basically a repaired or restored relationship. But we understand that in our sin, we are in conflict with God that we are at odds with him, that the result of sin is death, that we are enemies of God when we're in our sin. But Jesus came to repair that relationship between man and God. He reconciled us and made us new. And this morning, uh, during the worship set, they read out of Romans 5 that idea that while we were uh, enemies, or while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And in verse 10, which follows that, that while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. Reconciliation, repaired relationships, is the promise of missions, that we know that anyone can be made new in Christ Jesus. It's a promise found nowhere else, which leads us to the last part, which is the pursuit. This is where the feet are put on the ground of missions. That Christ's work is done on the cross, but ours is not. And amazingly, we become part of that reconciling process. That God gives us the ministry of reconciliation. And basically, that just means we point people toward the work that Jesus did. And he committed to us the message of reconciliation, which quite simply is the gospel that he has trusted us with the gospel to share. And as we read in verse 20, then, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. What's amazing about this is it explains very clearly and very amazingly that God trusts us to be a representative of him to the world. He doesn't need us, but he chooses us. And he gives to us this precious gospel, this truth to, prepare, to repair relationships around the world. And to be an ambassador in an earthly sense is to be a representative of a kingdom or a country that would now communicate with another kingdom of country or country. We're ambassadors of Christ. That means that we are his representative of his perfect kingdom now communicating to the world which desperately needs him. And so what that means is that missions is being a representative of Christ and his kingdom to a broken and empty world. Now this plays out in many different ways, many different relationships, many different methods and styles, but at its core, missions is always the same, no matter what strategy you use. It's sharing his message 
of reconciliation and healed relationships with the world through what Jesus did. This is something you don't choose to be. You don't sign on the dotted line, I want to be a Christian, and I guess I'll choose to be an ambassador. You can't opt out of that. You're automatically made a representative of Christ when you become a Christian. It's something we talked about weeks ago. Kind of like when you play for the baseball team, you remember the short story I shared? When you wear that jersey, you represent something bigger than yourself. So everything you do has an impact. When you become a Christian, you represent a kingdom much bigger than this world. And now the ways that you conduct yourself, the, the relationships you have, the words you choose, that's all now a reflection of that kingdom. We are ambassadors of Christ as though God were making his appeal through us. When you understand that, it brings us to a great passion. And, and, and we know what God has trusted us, us with. In the second half of verse 20, Paul very clearly says what he desires for this church of Corinthians. He says, we implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. What he's really saying here is he's not begging with them like a door-to-door salesman of, you don't really know how much you need this, but I want to convince you of it, even though you probably don't need it. But what he's saying is, Jesus really wants this. This is why Jesus came, was to reconcile man with God. You may not know you need it, but you do. And even Jesus knew that many would reject him. Many wouldn't understand. But we implore you, or we beseech you on Christ's behalf, because this is what he wants. Be reconciled to God. It's not impersonal, it's not disconnected, it's knowing personally every person you work with. And to bring them to the point of being reconciled can sometimes take years or decades or generations of work for them to find that reconciled relationship with God. But our perspective changes to understand that missions is not about what we desire, it's what God desires and what he's trusted to us. So what does that mean for us today as we close? Well, well, first of all, know that not every Christian is, is called to be a missionary, per se. And by that, I mean vocationally. Not all of us are called to work overseas or work full-time in this. But every Christian is called to missions. This is something all of us are to do, which is to share the gospel of Christ, to help the world become reconciled to him. And know that missions are everywhere. You know, for me, I consider myself a missionary to Maple Plain. This is the ministry God called me to. Maybe you're a missionary to your family or to your neighbors, but everyone is called in some way to be part of this ministry. And that means you sense the spiritual needs of those around you, to look at them not through a worldly view, but look at them through a spiritual lens. Do they have Jesus or do they not? And if not, how can you be a part of that? Don't give up on anyone. No one's too far gone because anyone who is in Christ Jesus is made new. And he can change any person. 
and through everything be an ambassador, be a, a good representative of Jesus and his kingdom to a broken and a needy, needy world. Implore others to be reconciled with God through Jesus. There's many ways this plays out, and throughout the summer you're going to be hearing from many more missionaries, but all of it has the same heart, bringing people to faith in Christ. Let's pray as we close today. Lord, we thank you for uh, all you do through the world, that all of us here are a part of your divine story, that you have written the pages, but God, we know that there's things you call each and every one of us to do. I just pray for each person as they consider what is it you're calling me to do, that they would sense that, that they would respond to that, that we'd all be part of, of your ministry of reconciliation that you've trusted to us, knowing that you've done all the work, but God, that you've given us the ability to share, that we'd share that with love, that we'd share that joyfully, God, as we see more people come to you. So, God, I just pray for, for all those who are out and those who are working in the field now that you continue to strengthen them, but that all of us do our part in your ministry around the world. I pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.